Welcome and thank you for joining us for yet another edition of the Man to Man podcast on Tuesday, July 27th. I am one of two hosts, Trey Vaughn, and with me as always, my man Kelvin Dooley. How you doing today, Kelvin? I'm doing good, man. I've I've woken up after a great night's sleep and I told myself TV will now he will not out debate me for the <laughs> remainder of the show. Going forward, I am bringing my A game. Uh, and that will be on clear display today, TV. So going forward, as in every show from here till the end, whenever that may be, or going every, forward as in just the next 30 minutes? Every topic, every injury, <laughs> every, every, everything, every, everything, okay? Every second. I'm coming pretty hot on a few of these topics today, so you better be on your game topic they all let's go we've got again as we've been doing on tuesday's uh nfl division predictions to round out the show we will bring you some afc north topics uh i know a friend of mine michael lopez uh if you tune in this is this is your show because he's a big steelers fan and i'm ready to talk some steelers football today before that we will bring a red zone report we're going to talk a little a little bit of drama um, with some quarterbacks in the NFL as that drama may or may not be clearing up. And then we're also going to bring you some Olympic talk. We'll just, I got a few topics. Uh, Kelvin and I will um, talk about, discuss a little bit that have happened so far in these 2020, yes, 2020 Tokyo Olympics that are being played in 2021. And a couple of baseball topics, the Padres make a big addition and the Cubs uh, like to celebrate uh, and maybe a little too celebratory in my opinion. But before all that, let's talk about these national holidays, Kelvin. We got a couple today, Korean War uh, Veterans Day. Um, and I don't know, not, not a whole lot to say about this one um, other than thank you to those who served in the Korean War. And uh, we appreciate each and every veteran who served in that war. Yeah, I, I'm not not much of a... um a war historian here. Me either, yeah. But um, no, look, rest in peace to the to those who have fallen in just the art of battle, man. Just in just war, period. Not just here, on just on American soil, but globally, man. Uh, war is um, war is is no is no laughing matter. So, RIP to all the fallen soldiers, man. Ever, absolutely. And then the only other holiday today that stood out to me that would that we should discuss was Creme Brulee Day. Uh, Kelvin, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Creme Brulee. It is uh, vanilla custard, and it's topped with like a caramelized um, sugar as a dessert. So um, I've never had it. It looks delicious, sounds delicious, um, and I would love to try it. Unfortunately, I don't know how I'm going to get my hands on any Creme Brulee today. A French dish, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um. That just means burnt cream. Absolutely, yep. I've never had it myself. I would love to taste it. The word itself, the spelling, and how it display looks better than, you know, like just to say creme brulee seems very fancy. So I would love Absolutely. to try it. I have no real yeah. interest in trying it though. I don't. I, I, you know, I could care less though. But I would love to try it. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I want to try it. But like I said, I don't know how I'm going to get that on my hands today. I don't have. Um, the caramelized sugar handy and i mean i'm sure i could go somewhere and find a creme brulee type dish but uh, i'm not going to hunt it up very hard today seeing as how i have to go to work after we get done with this podcast and uh, get it posted so Uh, but nonetheless there's our two national holidays and before we get into it kelvin i've got to do my due diligence of the moment of due let's go ah such a beautiful sound. Absolutely. Such a beautiful sound and an even better taste. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk Cub celebration. The Chicago Cubs, for that matter, celebrate big time as Javier Baez hits a walk-off single 
with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning, of course, since it was a walk-off, but bases loaded, 5-5 five to five against the Cincinnati Reds. Amir Garrett's on the mound, and Javier Baez hits this long fly ball, Kelvin. They had the outfield in trying to conserve the one run um, that they could not allow, and he hits this long fly ball that in any other situation, Kelvin, is just a routine fly out. And Javier Baez celebrates by yelling at Amir Garrett multiple times. Not sure what he was saying, but he is screaming at him. He then uses his baseball bat as a broom, I guess, saying he is sweeping the game. I I don't know, because the series just started. But I don't know. I guess it looks like he's using it as a broom, saying he's wiping Amir Garrett out or wiping the game out. I don't know what he's saying. But nonetheless, he goes, even further by then tossing the bat in the direction of Amir Garrett, not directly at him, but in the direction of him and close enough that Amir Garrett stops, picks the bat up and then tosses it further out into the infield. Um, And then Javi Baez begins to untuck his Jersey. And I mean, it just goes on. I think for, for, like I said, a routine fly out in any other situation, that is one heck of a celebration. Kelvin, what are your thoughts on Javi Baez's, walk-off celebration last night well let, let's start here in typical tv fashion he's hating on the cubs i expected nothing less okay <laughs> all right so <laughs> i was actually surprised to get that this was the leading topic i was surprised but wasn't surprised like okay he's gonna bring this venom towards the chicago cubs <laughs> of course he is so that's when you you speak of routine foul ball routine tv hate right there okay that was that was right up your alley in terms of the celebration, sure, it was a routine fly ball, but it, it wasn't a routine fly ball. It was a routine walk-off fly ball. The celebration itself, I loved it, right? I think we should usher in this new wave of cele- cele- uh, celebration in Major League Baseball. Was it a little over the top? Yes. But according to all Major League Baseball players, every celebration is over the top. A backflip is considered considered over the top. So, he, he could really do no right in that situation. I loved it personally. Amir Garrett is is one of the bigger showboating, um, you know, pitchers from the mound with all his screaming and kicking he does on the mound. So uh, I actually appreciated him taking that on the chin. He gave up the walk-off. He walked off the field with some class. And he let Javier Baez have his moment. Thank you, Amir Garrett, because, again, he's known for showing players up himself with the screaming and taunting and things of that nature. So I loved it from Javi, uh, Javier Baez. He's had a season. Uh, I'm glad he can have one of those good moments because he hasn't had a lot a lot of good moments this season. The Cubs look like they're going to be selling and selling Chris Bryant here relatively soon, possibly. So good for the Cubs. But right up TV's alley to talk down. You're dang right. <laughs> it's right Chicago. up my alley. Of course. And I'm not even done yet. Here, here's what I still have to say. You're being too nice. That is a routine fly ball, and he's routine lucky to walk off fly ball. <laughs> he's lucky that that game was on the line, and that the Reds came in. Or that's just hey, bases are empty. That's just another fly out, and Amir Garrett wins that battle. So watch out because if Amir Garrett faces, you better believe Amir Garrett's going to be coming at Javi again. Uh, and, and you know what? That's a matchup I would love to see again. Absolutely. Uh, Baez at his best was a really good Major League Baseball player. Mayor Garrett's no slouch as a late-game reliever. Um, so I'm, I would love to see that matchup again. I would love to see both these guys at their peak powers. So that may be the Cubs three seasons ago and Amir Garrett two uh, season two seasons ago. Nonetheless, they both want to bring the intensity. I enjoyed the squabble last night. That that was a very long walk-off. Like, it took Baez an hour to get to first base for Pete's sake. He could yeah, at least jog a little bit. But nonetheless, teammate, I enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. His teammate, I think, that crossed home plate was the one ushering him to first base. Like, come on, you still, to, you still have to go. Dude. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but you're right. It, it's a cub. I had to dog on him. It's just a routine fly ball, and I had to take Javier Baez. So, uh, routine take- walk-off fly ball, please. <laughs> Take us into the Padres, Kelvin. And with that, the San Diego Padres, Slam Diego Padres, uh, they are 
addition. I was actually surprised this move was made uh, to a seller like this, uh, to a buyer like the Padres. The Padres acquire Adam Frazier, one of two Major League All-Stars representing the National League off the Pirates. Um, just two day, a, a day ago, a day ago, a day and a half, two days ago, they acquired Adam Frazier. Uh, TV, your thoughts on the Pirates selling to to the Padres and the Padres acquiring an all-star to bolster the top of that lineup? I mean, we had to see it coming, right? Like, the Pirates were going to probably sell um, these two all-stars since they are clearly a selling team. You know, Adam Frazier's 29 years old. He, it's not like he's one of their young, young studs that, that, that they can keep for a long time. He's he's at his peak, you know, and probably, you know, nearing his decline. I mean, he's not old by any means, but 29 is not young. Um, so you had you had to assume they were going to get rid of Frazier. Um, I, I think it's one heck of a move for San Diego, right? Like this has got to bolster their lineup, like you said, a lot. Um Defensively, Adam Frazier is solid as well, and and you know on top of defense, he's the league leader in hits right now. The MLB, not just National League, he is the Major League Baseball leader in hits right now. So um, this makes the San Diego Padres much better, and I think much scarier to their um, you know big time NL West opponents in the Dodgers and the Giants. I think this really helps the Padres a lot. Yeah, this is a wonderful move by the Padres. Uh, so you get the major league hit heater, hitter, the pair at the top of the lineup with a Mookie. Hopefully Cody Bellinger gets his things together at the plate. Um, Turner as well. I, I mean, at the top of this lineup, just it was already damn good. They just got scarier. And, this, and Adam Frazier, uh, he's not old, he's not young, he's in his prime. So they, this was absolute steal. Um, I don't have the full package in front of me, but it was Frazier and I think three minor leaguers, if I'm not that's, mistaken. That's correct. Yep. So but uh A plus to the Padres, man. It's it's moves like this if you're Eric Hosmer, if you're Tatis, if you're Machado, where you're looking at your franchise and saying, Thank you, let's go. We're ready now. We're ready for the Dodgers now. We're ready for the Giants now. We're ready for whoever comes out. Uh the break it don't matter. We're ready now. And that and this is a phenomenal move about the San Diego Padres. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, this this just adds to that lineup too, like you said, like you were saying, you know, compared to the Dodgers and Betts and and the other, you know, those other loaded lineups in the West that they're gonna have to deal with. Um this just adds to that and makes makes them even more of a competitor in that tough Western division. I'm sorry, I, I, I spoke as if he, he he went to the Padres. I thought no I'm not uh, I'm sorry. I spoke as if he was Sent to the Dodgers. I started naming off Dodgers hitters at the top of the lineup. Um, I meant the Padres at the yeah. top of their lineup. I don't know why the hell. Well, <laughs> I went you, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and the Turner guy. You ended up kind of correcting yourself on accident with the yeah. you know uh, Hosmer and Tatis mentions. So I was just going to flow through. I was like, maybe yeah. he was mentioning that he's going to be competing against those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you're good. Um, nonetheless, this this Adam Frazier uh, paired with Tatis and Hosmer, like you said, it, it's going to help them compete against those Dodgers guys, anyways. So yes, um, great move, great move for the the Padres. The Pirates have not. I mean, you're more familiar with the uh, than the Pirates than I am, but it kind of it, it kind of burns me a little bit to see the Pirates selling again, like essentially uh, rebuild and was contending much sooner than the Pirates have rebuilt and started their contention. They haven't been contending, I don't know, since I've been alive primarily, and I've gotten to see the Royals actually rebuild and contend at some point. I feel bad for the Pirates who are always selling. Yeah, me too, man. It was it was two seasons, I think, if I remember right, that they wore, they were the Cardinals' number one enemy um, when they had, I'm, I'm going to say like 2012, 2013, that's a rough guess. Um, they they were our number one competition in the NL Central when they had that trio of outfielders with Andrew McCutcheon, um, Gregory Polanco, and Starling Marte, who is now Marte, a Mar- yeah. who is now mm-hmm. a Marlin. Um, and he's and also he's, on the trading block. He is, and I think I think Polanco is the only that outfield. Um, they've lost a lot of other pieces that they did have at that time. Garrett Cole being one of those. Oh my gosh, when he was young yeah. and it, yep. young and in Pittsburgh, wow. Um, and that, that was a good team, but that was, it. that was it. They they have sold that 
roster, and now they're selling again with Adam Brazier and uh, gosh, I cannot think of the other All Star right now. I'm on a blank on the other All Star in Pittsburgh, but nonetheless, Reynolds is this something Reynolds? Yes, yes, Reynolds, um, Brian, Brian Reynolds, I believe. Yes, Brian Reynolds. Thank you. So, um, you know, I assume they're going to end up selling Brian Reynolds too. Maybe not. Maybe they hang on to one of these guys just to try and keep something to build around. Uh, but it, it is. It stinks for Pittsburgh. It, it, it's hard to see. You know, it just I, I guess a team that has has literally only probably contend been a contender two out of fifteen seasons since I've been you yes. know watching baseball heavily. So right. um, definitely definitely tough to see. Let's transition into the Olympics, Kelvin. Um, we're going to talk a little gold medal competition, a little um, you know maybe some good stories, but with our NBA guy, Luka Doncic. We talked about him, Kelvin. We we mentioned he's going to give us some of those 40-point performances. It's just bound to happen. I think we even went out on a limb and said, look, we might even get a 50-point performance. And it didn't take long, Kelvin. In his debut for his country, Slovenia, Luka Doncic breaks 40 points and nearly hits 50 with a 48-point, 11-rebound performance leading Slovenia to their first ever win in their first ever Olympics, one eighteen to one ten over Argentina, I believe. Yep. So uh, what is that? I mean, we, we like I said, we talked about it. We get it the very first game um, for Luca and the very first game his country's ever played in the Olympics. Um, this has got to be one of the best performances or best starts to an Olympics that I could ever. Um, know of i guess i mean it may not be but it's got to be up there so check this out this makes slovenia a very dangerous team absolutely let me tell you why all right so luca plays in the nba right yeah. and those same performances out of 10 games you could probably win three if you're the dallas mavericks luca jumps 48 in 11 in the nba with the dallas mavericks he only wins three out of 10 games possibly Okay. That's that's a that's a that's a all time performance that amounts to nothing. In the Olympic play, where the teams are of lesser, this isn't the NBA, of course, right? So not every team possesses that type of talent and uh, such team skill. He could win those games in the Olympic play. He just beat Argentina, who their more built up reputation than not what they once was, but this is still a good team. Yeah. Um, that forty eight performance in the Olympic play that makes you go. Metal a contention, maybe not at the top, but hell, I think he could he could beat Australia with that game. He could beat France with that game, possibly. So, um, no, all time, I think it was the most points scored in Olympic history by a single player. Luca okay. broke that with forty eight, and okay. uh, look, I mean, Slovenia should be taken <laughs> should be taken serious. This dude ain't no joke. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, if he's got the guys to compliment him and they're playing good. Uh, and, and that's the thing. This isn't like the NBA. You don't get time to get ready, uh, which since you brought it up, we'll, we'll talk about Team USA. You don't have time to get ready. Um, and I just, man, if they're hot right now, if Luka's hot right now, Slovenia is not a bad pick to win the, win the gold medal. I, I don't think they're a bad pick at all to win the no, gold medal. Not at all. Look, they're not – and I've said this. I, I predicted USA basketball will not win it. You did. Which leaves open the door for teams like Slovenia, France, and Australia. Australia and France, I've mentioned those two teams twice already because those, those guys are heavy hitters. Uh, they're amongst the two better teams. Uh, but, I mean, the defense isn't quite like it is in the NBA. You, believe it or not, the NBA has better defense than Olympic basketball. So, Luka can do this repetitively if he wanted to, in my opinion. So, these, I mean, they're in contention. I, I, they're not my betting favorite, but they're in contention. Because this, Absolutely. this, we might want to get used to this. 48. Yeah. Absolutely. So, about Team USA, Kelvin, they uh, they lose their first pool game. I, I know they had, like, the warm-up games, and they lost two out of three of those, I think, even. Um, but they lose their actual first game that matters, that's for pool play, to decide where they're going to go in their brackets or, or, or what have you. I'm not sure exactly how the Olympic tournament lines out, but they lose their first pool game to France, as you mentioned, which is led by the Orlando Magic. Well, he, maybe he's not even an Orlando Magic anymore. Nonetheless, Evan Fournier of the NBA leads France. Uh, their only NBA player, if I'm not mistaken, 
and they defeat Team USA, who is chock full of NBA players. We don't have anyone that's not an NBA player, Kelvin. And we lose to France in a game where we, I think they fell 16-2 to down the stretch. Um, went 0 for 9. They missed five threes. Kevin Durant missing a wide open one, a highlight I saw. Is Team USA in a lot of trouble, or are they going to figure it out before it's too late? Like I said, you don't have time to get hot. Uh, I'm worried for Team USA. What about you? I was never worried because, again, I didn't predict, predict those guys to win. Um, yeah. And, look, I was, I've was i been understanding the fact that global basketball or foreign basketball has gotten so much better compared to the Olympic dream team. Like, where global basketball was then compared to where it is now is nothing. It's night and day. It truly oh, is absolutely. night and day. So, no, and look, I – look, Kevin Durant – First full season back playing basketball is playing Olympic basketball, well, right? It happened after uh, after low managing through the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, but right? you can't imagine that deep playoff run <laughs> on an Achilles. I don't know, man. And then I, the second best player being Dane, I love Dane. If he's the second best player, I don't know if you can win gold medal in Olympic play. And I love Dane, I really do. Sorry, Dane Dollar. But the second best player TV on the Olympic team, I don't know if that's good enough. And I'm already questioning Kevin Durant playing this long of basketball. Full season back on the Achilles injury. I don't I just don't see it, TV. I don't. So I think you're telling me that that he'll never bring a title to Portland by saying no, get the hell out. Love you. Never been. Seems like a quality <laughs> American city. I gotta go. Get the hell out of Portland, Dave. Go by. What do you okay? Forget okay. the fans. Those, those are great. That's a great NBA fan base. They rule hard up there in the Northeast, uh, specifically that city for that team. They go hard. But uh, come on, I can't. I gotta go. Come on, gotta <laughs> Guys, go. Look, th- this is the best part about um, doing a podcast and having a script, but not having a word for word. I mean, you can't draw this up. I literally just ask a question. We're talking about Olympics. All I ask is, so Dane can't bring a title to Portland, right? And then Kelvin <laughs> is just, no way, not happening. <laughs> he is ready to talk about it. We literally did not have Damian Lillard or the Portland Trailblazers on this script. It just came out, and there you have it. The Portland Trailblazers will not win a title with Damian Lillard, if you yeah. ask Kelvin. <laughs> Correct. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so let's jump into our second Olympic conversation here, Kelvin. Two 13-year-olds in the women's, but keep in mind, they're 13-year-old girls in the women's skateboarding competition at the Tokyo Olympics. Two 13-year-olds, one takes gold, one takes silver, uh, one of those being from Japan, the other from Brazil. Um, I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce the names. Uh, I, I, I kind of forgot anyways, but nonetheless, a 13-year-old girl from Japan takes gold, 13-year-old girl from Brazil takes silver. Uh, Kelvin, is this the best story in the Olympics? If not, what has been? Yeah, you're competing in the Olympics. I don't know. There's no greater story. Sorry, absolutely. I just leave it at that. There's no greater story, TV. That, that's right. Competing in that's the right. Olympics, and we're trying to skateboarding, right? I mean, I know this is is that's not kids competing at skateboarding in the Olympics. Seems like a like. An impossible feat until you just see two of them do it. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Absolutely, man. Like, it'd be different if it was – and I'm not saying by any means that this competition would be easy, but it'd be different if it was 13-year-olds who were, like, expert at throwing darts at a dartboard. Like, that seems more realistic than 13-year-olds pulling off these skateboard moves um, and not falling and breaking a limb and, you know, just embarrassing themselves, let alone their gold and silver medalist and the toughest event they could literally compete in. Um, this is big time, man. I love it. Love to see it. Um, I think it just shows shows more kids that they can <coughs> they can do they can do things that they didn't think were possible when they see these thirteen year old young ladies taking a women's event, young girls taking a women's event. So, uh, I think it's huge. I, I'll give you the names of the two medalists. Yes. They're both Japanese, so um, if I butcher these names, 
it's just because I'm, I'm poor with, you know, with, uh, Momiji <laughs> Nishaya. Okay. okay. Yeah, I do, do remember that. That was the gold medalist. Gold medalist, thank you. And again, Japanese Funa Nakayama. I think that person was third. Was that the third place? Because I think there was a Brazil that finished second. Leo. Yes, yes, thank you. Racia, Racia, Leo from Brazil, 13 years old. Yes. Yeah. Just to get you the three names of the Olympic medalists, guys. There we go. And they were all. They were all under 16. I believe even the third-place finisher was 16 years old or something. 13, 13, and 16, yes. Yeah, so uh, all kids. I mean, none of those are grown women yet, uh, but yet they are competing in the women's event and taking the three medals that are given out big time, big time. Lastly, our to end our Olympic talk, Kelvin, Team USA Softball competed this morning. I woke up for this. I wanted to watch it. I hadn't watched one Olympic event live um, and had not tuned into, I mean, other than seeing highlights and, and finishes and everything else, I had not tuned into a live event. I wanted to wake up for this. So I did. I woke up at 6 a.m. and watched Team USA compete for gold against the Japan softball team. And unfortunately, they fell 2-0 to zero to the Japan uh, women. And uh, it was a good game. The the Japan pitcher, uh Ueno, I think is how her, her last name was pronounced, just stymied Team USA. One hit through five innings, and then she gives off gives up a leadoff single in the sixth, so they pulled her, um, but literally only allowed two hits, um, and Japan closes it out, doesn't allow a single run, and Team USA was just – I mean, they pitched well. They played good defense. Unfortunately, Japan scratched two runs across, and Team USA only managed a total of two hits against the starting pitcher. I think they ended up with three total, but nonetheless couldn't bring a run across. So two to zero win for Japan. Team USA takes silver. Japan takes gold. Kelvin, uh, what are your thoughts on Team USA softball? I didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, So I'm rooting just as a countryman, you know, as a supporter of USA. Uh, I did catch the highlights of the previous game, uh, the walk-off they had against Japan. Yeah. Uh, ultimately setting up this gold medal match. So I thought that was pretty cool. I did not get yeah. to see a pitch in this. So did my rooting interest was just in American and having that pride. Uh, they fell short. Hey, it's, I, I'd imagine losing at this stage is also humbling too, right? Yeah. So, I think uh, this- yeah, better luck, uh, better luck next time. Yeah, I think this is the best team performance, if I'm not mistaken, from a Team USA so far. Um, I know Katie Ledecky – was beat was upset in the women's in her swimming uh, match uh, to an Australian swimmer uh, where she was expected to take gold. And she only took, she ended up taking silver as well, I believe. So, um, but nonetheless, I think this is our best team performance from team USA. And uh, they might end up showing these team USA basketball guys up that I think a lot of people other than Kelvin would have taken to win gold in the basketball um, event. No way. <clears throat> that'll wrap us up on yeah now bring us in with the NFL right, let's start TV let's start with Deshaun Watson who it was reported that he is attending training camp I, and that's it I think that's the most news we've gotten out and I think some more, re, more most recently some new allegations of uh, come up as well, but I'm not too aware of those. You are correct. Uh, okay, so those allegations are pending. Uh, TV, your thoughts on him att- attending training camp and the possibility of him playing a single down with the Texans this season? So I'm glad to see that he's came to training camp, which, of course, I think mainly he's probably trying to avoid a fine because we're still not sure where he's at and even being able to play football this year. Um, but until we hear news, because we haven't heard anything in a long time on this, uh, until we hear news on what's going to happen to him, he's got to assume he's playing, right? Like, I mean, there's no no reason to not think you're going to play football, and whether that ends up being for the Houston Texans or whether they trade you like you had asked for um, prior to the allegations that came out back in, gosh, I don't even remember, February or something. Um, prior, to, prior to that, you know, uh, he was asking for – asking to be moved. The Houston Texans at the time were not willing to do so. They are now. Uh, willing to trade him, they say. Uh, but nonetheless, 
as Deshaun Watson, you've got to expect you're playing football until someone tells you you're not. And, and I haven't heard anything saying he's not. The new allegations, by the way, were like 10, I think 10 women, like re, re-upped. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but they kind of like re-planted those allegations. It was some of those 22 that initially put in their allegations, which is fishy to me, right? Like if 22 of you start out to put them in, and, and, I, and I don't want to make a case, but if 22 start to put, at, put them in, and then we only get 10 more, it does make you curious what's going on. So nonetheless, the NFL hasn't spoken on it. Deshaun Watson has not been given a, hey, you can't play this, that, or whatever. I think he's going to start the season playing football, Kelvin. I, I don't see a turnaround coming that quick. I mean, we're, we're less than two months away from the start of the NFL season. I don't see anything coming that quick uh, telling him he can't play football in week one. Uh, I think maybe midseason something comes out and they do have a, a full report and a full scale, and then maybe he doesn't get to play. Maybe he does um, once they have the full report and the full, you know, once the court order, all of that is done, maybe we get something then. But I think Deshaun Watson's playing football. Whether that ends up being for the Houston Texans, I don't know. I really could see him being traded um, now that the Texans are willing to send him somewhere, they say. I could see him being traded, but I think he's playing football at least to start the season. I think he will play football this season, not for the Texans, and okay. he will not play a full slate of games. Okay. So I'm look, I'm out. I'm willing to bet that he plays this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out the whole season. I would not be surprised. I'm gonna throw that. I'm gonna throw that one out there. That sounds crazy, but. I'm, I'm sure he ends up on the commissioner's list. And then do you really trade for him if he can only give you eight games in a season? I'm not so so I'm not so sold on that, but I'm willing to wait. Uh, this is this is messy. This is real messy on his part and his team's part, the Texans. I'm willing Absolutely. to see how that plays out because it's going to be fun. 100 percent. I think I, I think you're on the right track, too, with the do you trade? Like, how do you? But I'm just going to go ahead and do it because it, it ties to me more than I think anyone else because I'm a Broncos fan. He wants to be in Denver. Kareem Jackson lobbied hard for him to come to come to Denver before all these allegations came out, and he was just wanting to be traded. Kareem Jackson, who is a Denver Bronco secondary player in the secondary, by the way, um, he he played corner in Houston, but he plays more safety in Denver. Um, but nonetheless, he's a secondary player for Denver. He tried to get Deshaun Watson since he's played with him before to come to Denver. And that seems to be the top spot. And, look, I'd love to have his talent. I don't want his drama. I don't want his um, poor um, – what am I looking for? Um, you know, I, having that ability, I guess, to be a good person, do the right thing, you know, has all these allegations on their, on their back. And if he is indeed um, guilty, I don't want that on my – associated with my team, I guess. Um, but look, I would love to have the talent. I love Deshaun Watson as a football player. As long as he is not guilty on these allegations, I, I would love to have him on my team. But that's the thing. How, how can I fathom giving up draft picks and Drew Locke for Deshaun Watson, who may only play three football games for me, may only play four? Hey, he may play all season, but we don't know. And I cannot fathom giving up draft picks and Drew Locke for Deshaun Watson just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I don't see a team doing it. I just don't. Um, so that's why I think he may stay in Houston. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded. Aaron Rodgers reports the camp, and there's actual proof of him reporting the camp. He's there in the flesh. Of course, of course he is, Kelvin. Reporting the camp. And what has been reported – he will report there under a reworked contract, a renegotiated contract that will have him play football with the Packers this season and possibly and, and give him the, the actual space and freedom to um, see and to, you know, give him the options. He wants options one, with this new reworked contract in a nutshell. I, I broke that down poorly. But TV, your thoughts on him returning to camp and what does this mean for the for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers going forward? Of course he's back in camp. He, you got everybody, every sports fan out there that was thinking all th that went into all the drama. You look, you fell into the trap of NFL reality TV. This was nothing more than a reality TV show to keep us intrigued 
during the offseason. He was never going anywhere. He was just being a crybaby, like I said months ago. He just wanted some attention. He wanted the Packers to treat him like a princess. He needed he needed that attention. Everything's gone. We're not worried anymore. Oh, and by the way, remember, remember when Devontae Adams, like four days ago, wasn't going to come back to Green Bay? But then as soon as contract talks start up again for Aaron Rodgers, never mind, Devontae's going to be in Green Bay next year. Look, it was just one big reality TV show. They ended it off with a bang, trying to scare everybody with Devontae Adams leaving, and they did a great job. It was a great reality TV show for the NFL, but let's get back to normal. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer next year. Yeah, I like the analogy you made. This was quality reality TV, right? This was this was a long station throughout the whole offseason. So I, yep. I'm, glad, I'm glad to see it come to an end. Uh, this automatically too. puts Green Bay back in title contention uh, because now the worry's out out of it. He's going to play football. Um, when I thought they should have traded him, and I still do do think they should trade him um, because, sorry, at this point, I'd rather get you – for something opposed to completely nothing. So and that's probably heading into next offseason, a trade. So, um, I, but nice to see the, the TV show come. To, well, well, matter of fact, I'm going to end it on this. It's not over. Like the reality TV show is not over, which is the best part. That's the because <laughs> the whole season leading up to that moment, that's when it will be over. And probably a the season. NFL. The NFL has joined the NBA in that of just being able to turn anything into a reality TV show. Um, you you got to keep the offseason interesting, and and that's what the NFL does. I I, I agree with you. The, the reality TV show may start up again next year, but in the sense of it may actually be something. I, I think you're right. Aaron Rodgers may not be a Green Bay Packer after this season. Um, it, it depends on how they perform. You know. I, if they get back to another NFC championship, if they get to a Super Bowl, um, he might stay in Green Bay. They might be able to pull, um, you know, another good target for him. They may be able to pull a good defensive player to to stay in Green Bay and, and keep the, you know, NFC championship slash Super Bowl contention run. Uh, they may be able to keep it going. But nonetheless, I agree with you. I think, look, the NFL and the NBA, I think they just do a great job of making reality TV shows for their fans. Um because it's easy. I mean, look, when, when news breaks, it's easy to get excited and be like, oh, my gosh, someone might be leaving. But like I said, I, uh, I'm proud that I was not one of the ones that was fooled by this reality TV show. Aaron Rodgers was never leaving Green Bay. The AFC North. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll round the show out with, A- with AFC predictions. Uh, we're going to do the, the North Division this time. Uh, Kelvin – We'll start. We'll start with um, the team that that at least I think might have the most spark going into the season. Uh, tell us where you think the Cleveland Browns will finish up this season. Right out the gate, ah, uh, this this is a tough one for me. Between in the AFC North, I think the AFC North at the top is is a dog fight. I think so too. Leading, leading with the Cleveland Browns, okay. But I will, I will go. Cleveland finishes second in the in the division. Okay, I'll go number two. I trust the quarterback in Baltimore over Baker Mayfield. I'll leave okay. it at that. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Number two in the division, Cleveland Browns. Okay, so Cle- Cleveland's defense is solid. Um, they, they've got they've got a good secondary. Denzel Ward is young and he's developing. He's he's been good. Uh, and they have other good pieces. That that secondary solid. The front is solid. Um, I just I trust the defense. I think it can be good enough. I don't think it's the best defense in that division, but I think it can be good enough. Uh, and Baker's only going to improve. Um, we've seen we've seen improvement from him. Uh, they they made a, the playoffs. Um, they lose to the Chiefs uh, on a. That, that pylon dive play with the out-of-bounds and the don't even remember exactly how it happened, but, oh, the fumble out-of-bounds, safety, your safety, Sorensen, I believe, knocked the ball out, but I believe he led with his head, and people were trying to say that it should have been a penalty, yada, yada, yada. Nonetheless, they were right there in that football game until that uh, turnover there, that really just kind of put them out of it. 
Uh, but this team is competitive, and they're going to be right there, the Cleveland Browns. But, gosh, man, I'm having a hard time. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I think they're going to win the division this year. Cleveland Browns are my team to win the win the AFC North, Kelvin. No surprise there. Uh, you know, I, uh, a former Sooner. I, yeah, I, <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do I, it to me, Kelvin. Yeah, I didn't really expect to hear anything different. But look, look, no, the, they they have the chance to win that division, uh, the best offensive line in that division. They have one. Look, it's debatable. It's debatable. But again, give me the guy in Baltimore. They have what? They have one of the better quarterbacks in that division. Um, the defense is getting better, led by Miles Garrett, a top three defensive player in the <laughs> in the NFL. Top three, maybe at three. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe. I close. Uh, yeah. Okay. So no, they they're going to be in contention there. Uh, so let's get to my number two. The uh, let's let's get to my number one since Cleveland will be my number two. The Baltimore Ravens. I think they have the best quarterback in that division. So that alone, I think those. I think that makes you at least the betting favorite to win the division in my eyes and how I would value quarterback play. So they have the best quarterback. I think they have the best coach in that division. They they've been they're more battle tested than the Cleveland Browns at this point. Um, you know they've just been more close. They've been in more close games in the playoffs. They've lost more close games. I think they're just more battle tested. I think they're closer to succeeding than uh, Cleveland is. All right. So as good as Cleveland, as young and as spicy as they are, you got to lose in this. And I'm not sure Baker Mayfield is ready to contend with the best quarterback in that division, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I think uh, Lamar Jackson is closer to contention than Baker Mayfield. Okay. Baltimore Ravens is the better team. I think they have a improving defense, which sounds crazy because Baltimore always has a good defense. I think they're still the better division uh, defense in that division. And – there you go. They, have, they actually have a former MVP on their team. Give me the Baltimore Ravens to finish first in the division. They do. That's, that's a good point. Um, yeah. I like I like Baltimore. I like Lamar Jackson. Um, I am worried. I am worried about the running game. Complimenting. I, I, look, I guess their I guess their running game is completely opposite of that of most teams because of the way Lamar Jackson runs the ball. Um, so I guess I'm not completely worried about their running game, but I am worried about their running back because Mark Ingram um, wasn't as good last year as we had seen from him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, though, is a guy they drafted from Ohio State the year before. Um, he's, he's got one year under his belt. So maybe J.K. Dobbins will step up and take that lead running back role. Um, but I just – I don't – times that I didn't feel like Mark Andrews got the ball very much, Hollywood Brown – I know they've got other targets there in Baltimore, but those are two of their top targets, and I just don't feel like I don't feel like they were getting the ball to their targets as often as they should have been. I feel like Baltimore's been the team, Kelvin, that was really, really good and surprise and surprised some people. It kind of hit hit a neutral spot last year, and I don't really feel like they improved that much last year as a whole as a team. Um, I don't feel like they improved that much. I don't feel like they took a jump. Um, I, I, I just I don't I don't know about them. I'm a little nervous. Lead me into the next team I want to talk about, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will take second in this division, and I think the Baltimore Ravens You're fall crazy. to third. You're crazy. I think the Ravens fall <laughs> to third, Kelvin. I'm sorry, I've got the Ravens at third. I just I think they're neutral. I, I think they've hit. A, a spot where they are just not improving. Maybe they'll surprise me this year, but I don't from last year to this year. And the team that I do think will improve is this team, by the way, that was what 13 and 0, 14 and 0 last year before they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, here's why I think they, they got a running game. Uh, James Conner was a liability here. The dude was injured way too much. He's in Arizona now. Uh, and they drafted Najee Harris to me, by far the best running back in the draft. Um, Najee Harris, I think, is going to have a great season behind a good offensive line in Pittsburgh. Because he's another year older, but he still has Juju. 
Um, he still has James Washington. He's still got some targets. Uh, I think Najee Harris makes that offense a lot better. And let me tell you, I think another reason why I, I have Baltimore falling to three, I think they have the third best defense in this conference. I think Pittsburgh has the best. I think Cleveland has the second best. And that's what's going to carry Pittsburgh to a second place finish in this d- division is having the best defense in that division. Okay. Um yeah, Pittsburgh has a good pass rush, and they just got a little bit deeper with Melvin Ingram, adding El- Melvin Ingram, former edge rusher for the San-, uh, San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, that's all right. We still call them San Diego. Uh, look, no, look, with Pittsburgh, okay, give me Baker over Big Ben, given his age. Given that, can he really carry you through a 17, 18-game season? Uh, yeah, I like Najee Harris. Najee Harris, what, he can carry an offense – that led the lead in drops. He can carry an offense that doesn't have a number one, right? They have – Juju is a two at best, but his numbers have declined since Antonio Brown leaving. Um, and then the, the other guy, James, on the other side, and some other distance. I, look, I'm just not sold on one. How they crashed and burned last season has a bad taste in my mouth. And I love Mike Tomlin, but it just doesn't look and feel good right now in Pittsburgh. Right, and this is Big Ben's last hooray. What I, I don't know, and they don't. I don't know. No, I, I just can't. I'm not buying Pittsburgh. I just not. Number three, I, that they finished third in this division. They finished third. They have some talent. Their defense to keep them in games, but uh, Big Ben. I'm sorry. No, no, no. He looks like Drew Brees. Like what Drew Brees has looked like the last two seasons. This looks like Big Ben, and we want to deny it the same way we were kind of denying it with Drew Brees. Right? No. Just no, I'm just not talented team, but no. I get no. it. Yeah, I, I get that. That all makes sense. Here, here's my last thoughts on them, though. Um, we mentioned you've mentioned quarterback play, and here's and here's my thing. No, Big Ben is not going to be able to carry them. That's what you asked. No, absolutely not. You're on the money. Or Najee Harris. Harris. He's not going to be able to. But hold on, don't don't deny Najee Harris of of any capability. I know he's going to be a rookie. But don't deny him of any capability. What has Derrick Henry done in Tennessee, right? He's carried, carried an offense that was otherwise average. Uh, no, he hasn't. Was, no, he hasn't. No, he, he hasn't. Yes, he, yes, no, he, he has. Stop it. No, he Stop it. And then, but not Put one. some respect on Ryan Tannehill, please. <laughs> Put some respect on Ryan Tannehill. I wish I could. I wish I could. Lastly, no. Big Ben cannot carry them. Najee Harris probably won't as a rookie. But what will? That defense. The same thing happened with Denver when Peyton Manning was 74 years old and kept getting hurt and kept throwing interceptions. Heck, we even had to throw in our backup quarterback just to win a couple games because Peyton was performing so poorly and was so injured. Look, I I trust defense 100%. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to go win a Super Bowl, but I trust defense more than I trust anything else in this game, and I just think I think a second-place finish for Pittsburgh is possible because of that defense. And lastly, Kelvin, uh, let's let's talk real quick. What do we expect from the Bengals, who we both have finishing forward? I expect to see Joe Burrow standing upright in the pocket more often. Um, I'm interested to see how he bounces back from it from an injury so early in his career where he's expected to be starting, you know, so early in his career again, it's just he's already he's already been tested already through multiple different avenues in his young football career. So I'm just interested to see him bounce back and how they protect. Please, you got the Chiefs are just spent the fortune trying to protect Mahomes. You had to protect the investment. Baltimore, the Chiefs got burned with the same lesson at the same time last season. Just one team happened to go to the Super Bowl, another didn't, right? So you got to protect the quarterback. Um, how about this? Truth be told, the protection of Burrow, Jackson, and um, – what's the – what Big team? Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Big oh. Ben. The, the protection of all three of those guys are, are lesser than what – Baker Mayfield has. Baker Mayfield has probably the best O-line in football. Just let that be noted compared to these other three rivals 
the offensive lines and some in some instances or positions have gotten worse outside of the Bengals. The Bengals made huge upgrades. They're, they're number four. They, they don't have a lot of talent. Uh, they says around the borough with more talent. So that's all I have on the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just expect improvement. Uh, I don't know how much though. That's the only thing. I just I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be able to do. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is just like you mentioned, man. It, it's a young quarterback and he's already banged up. It, it just makes you nervous for a guy like that, like who we expected to have a wonderful career, and he's already had a serious injury in his rookie season. I, it just makes you nervous for a guy like that. I mean, you hope the best, hope that he can come back and be good. Um, but it certainly makes it harder on him. The rest of his career is going to be more difficult trying to overcome um, a serious ACL injury. So um, hope the best for Burrow. Hope that they improve. Jamar Chase, of course, will be a, a bonus. The LSU wide receiver that they drafted, um, that will be a bonus for Burrow to, to be throwing to him, a former teammate in college. But I, I'm just not sure, man. I'm not sure how much they're going to improve. I do – uh, I'm very confident that they will be the worst team in this division. Uh, I think the only team that could even even end up falling, which is going to sound funny because I have them finishing second, but because of the questions around Big Ben and this, and this season, I could see them falling from where I have them predicted at second to fourth if for some reason the Bengals have a miraculous season. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin ain't falling that far. Don't do that. I don't Mike think so either. So Mike Tomlin ain't falling that far now. I don't think so either. I'm just saying that's the only team because I, I trust fully that Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield are going to be good and competitive. Uh, Big Ben does make me nervous, uh, but I, I think his his age and his ability to continue to perform does make me nervous. Yeah, that'll round it up. So a, a lot different. Whereas last week, I think we had all four teams the same. Uh, much different. I have the Browns one. Steelers two, Ravens three, Bengals four. Kelvin has the Ravens one, Browns two, Steelers three, Bengals four. Uh, our top three is mixed up. Uh, we will see if we can remember these. We will see. We will come back and revisit them and see how, uh, just how well Kelvin and I predicted these way too early predictions for the NFL. Not so early, but let the record show what I predicted pre-show that I would dominate you and completely wash you in these debates. That's what I, you know, that's what I end up doing. So I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, please comment how I torture Trey in these in these debates Shit. today. Hey, we will be back Friday TV with another episode in. Absolutely. We'll Thank you guys you. for listening. See you guys Friday.